Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 129 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast Premier Video Game Podcast, Southeast uh, Georgia, Atlanta specific region. That is our number one market. That is where we dominate uh, the airwaves, the video waves, uh, sound waves, sound cloud waves, everywhere. It's just pretty much everywhere that That's we. So much to unpack. I don't know what we're happened. Just it up. They, if they can't figure it out based off your shirt, I think we got problems. <laughs> I gotta lean back. <laughs> it wasn't in view. I gotta lean back. Uh, tonight, Spider-Man gets a facelift on PS5. Well done, Brant. Brant did the news again. Thank you, Brant. Minecraft characters come to Smash. Pokemon Sword and she- Shield DLC update. PS5 hands-on preview. Was it more like arms-on preview? Aww. And tear down. <laughs> <laughs> the joke continues. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered is racing to consoles and PC. Well done, Brant. Xbox Series X may be too hot to handle your first two should be the t-o-o and the second one should be the t-o i'm richard bergman your resident grammar expert joined tonight by brent mckee having problems with technology as always <laughs> i see the struggle over there man we this made should, it we're live we're this should be the this should be the troubleshooting podcast it should be but that's what we do for a living and now you're frozen so we don't even know what to do with you and oh, now you're awesome. tiny and Cesar Concepcion, the second CMC2 himself. Welcome, sir. What's up? I was getting ready to get that uh, ink pen out and start drawing mustaches on people's faces. <laughs> get frozen <laughs> again, see what happens. <laughs> I just moved Brent. He was frozen and then he got super tiny, so I, I spread him back out. <laughs> Anyways, how are you guys I, doing? I didn't, I didn't cross that line of thinking until you did the head turn. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. This we're live. This is what happens. This is just nonstop chaos. And you required clothing. We had uh, we had a legion of fans waiting to interact with us during this episode, and then you made clothing a requirement, and we immediately dropped down to the Twitch affiliation mandated three people. So sorry, how do you feel about your decisions? Uh poorly. Sorry, I just randomly got an email from work right at 8.26 p.m. Like, hey, I need you to do something right now. Nope, That's not weird. cool. I'm off the clock. Uh, I'm salary. I'm never off the clock. No. Even when you're playing Twisted Metal? Even when I'm playing Twisted Metal or <laughs> recreating Twisted Metal. We have a viewer. Welcome, Skippy, to this live recording of uh, the Southeast number one video game podcast. Y'all want to jump straight into the news? Let's do it. We yeah. did our preamble. Our, our preamble was our normal preamble, but we did it for like 25 minutes, so. Oh, bullshit. We're already most of the way there. Uh, Spider-Man gets a facelift on PS5, so there's been a lot of drama behind this left and right. Uh, the Verge reports that he sure does look like Tom Holland now. <laughs> <laughs> so this, of course, refers to the, uh, I guess, the... Uh, PS5 version of Spider-Man, which is called Spider-Man Remastered, uh, digital only. Remastered. Remastered. <laughs> I dropped the ball. Should have added that. Yep, I never forget. Every time I hear remasters, like in my head, I'm like the maturing candidate. I'm like remaster. <laughs> you just I recited. Th- I don't even think about it. I just say it. I didn't even think about it. it just came out. I'm like remaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, I got distracted too. Wow. Okay. Uh, what is up with the Spider-Man face change? Apparently they wanted the character in the game to look more like the voice actor that they already had. His name is Yuri... Lowenthal. 
Lowenthal. But in doing so, uh, they made Spider-Man look much younger, which I think is counterproductive to the game. I think you guys have both played the game. I have not. And uh, also strikingly much more like Tom Holland than the original character looked. What do you guys think? Um, me and Cesar vaguely talked about this just a little bit after last week's podcast because I, mm-hmm. uh, I think it kind of came up a little bit uh, before we came on. And I don't think either of us care too much. It's, it's, it is a, a little bit of an odd move for Sony to put that much time and money into a game and, and have somebody's uh, face represent uh, the entire game, have it a- across all these promos and everything, and then move it to a new console, remaster, and completely change the face. And right. like like what you were saying, uh, a lot of people uh, bring up the the difference uh, of the look uh, as far as age-wise. Because the Spider-Man we're dealing with in this game is college, like college age. Uh, he's, you know, helping his aunt with uh, the community center, and uh, definitely this this new face looks a good bit younger than does. what what we're used to. What would kind of match this older Spider-Man? So that's really the the bulk of the controversy is that oh, he looks so young. He look, you know, but. For video uh, listeners, there's the new and the old, uh, mm-hmm. courtesy of Nibble on Twitter. And Brant, you took over the screen. Awesome. Thank you, OBS. Oh, cool. Yep, I needed that right now. Of course, right when you try and share the image. <laughs> <laughs> then you've taken over the screen somehow. And uh, for reference, they also include a gigantic picture of Tom Holland, which I'm not sure that was needed in the in the article. So... <laughs> There's a giant <laughs> portrait of Tom uh-huh. Holland. And then below uh, that is uh, Yuri Lowenthal. <laughs> who looks uh, decidedly older. And uh, with a with a good-looking microphone. Let's all rate his microphone. He must also be a podcaster as well. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Noted voice actor. Uh, so there's been some drama about this back and forth. I don't really care. Do you guys care? You both played Spider-Man. This I is- don't. I don't care. Um, I'm going to put my two cents in here. Is I'm not a game developer, uh, so I don't know if they had issues with the original model and mapping it to the redone graphics. I don't know. Right. It does. It seems like that's the case, but I can't say for sure it is or isn't. But I would Will imagine you from playing the Spider-Man remaster that you've so dreamed of on PS5. No, because you know my uh, my alignment in video games, uh, the story's always outweighs the anything sure. else in the game. So I, it, it could be stick people, and if it's a good story, I'll probably play it. So we have played some, I won't say trash games. Uh, Final Fantasy VI. There are 16-bit characters. Is that story any worse because those characters are 16-bit? No. Chrono Trigger. No, but that's a great-looking game. Those are all great-looking games. Those are bad examples. <laughs> bad examples. <laughs> Why let's would you go, bring perfect pieces of art? Let's go Assassin's Creed Unity. When you had, uh, when you had, upon release, you had people's faces disappearing. You just had <laughs> teeth eyeballs. and eyeballs. That is a bad example of a game because that's the only Assassin's Creed game I haven't beaten outside of Odyssey. When Cesar and I were playing Gears, uh, Gears Five, <laughs> I got stuck in this weird first-person glitch that 
up against a wall, all I could see was the teeth and the tongue of <laughs> the character that I was playing as. Oh, man, it was weird as hell. Richard discovered the first-person mode that was hidden in the game. Yeah, well, it's the secret then unlockable. Did, then I detached from the wall, and it's literally first-person. Like, I'm just following behind the gun the whole time. Like, what is this? We broke, we broke Gears 5 so bad that first weekend. What an experience, though. It was a lot of fun. All right, so that's the Spider-Man story. Next up, we got a new Smash Brothers character, and it's uh, Steve and Alex from Minecraft. These were announced uh, via Sakurai, who looks very much in danger. Did you guys watch the live stream of this? Uh, <laughs> yes. A little bit. I, th- I, think he, I think he did all this with a gun to his head. He looks like he's pleading for help, because as he's giving his speech... He's glancing, not like he's looking at a teleprompter, but he's glancing to the side like, am I saying the right thing? You know, is this is this what you guys wanted? It was a, it was a very disturbing uh, live feed if you watched him. Yeah. Uh, Sakurai, of course, is the developer of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for Switch. Steve and Alex are coming October 13th. Wow, it's pretty soon. Mm-hmm. The story comes from The Verge, but that was a... A public video, and it looks like they uh, Kirby is also going to have the Minecraft art style if he swallows Steve or Alex, which is the thing. So I don't understand Minecraft. I kind of glossed over that. I think Cesar's Minecraft knowledge is about as limited as mine is. Uh, but... I, I still to this day don't own a version of Minecraft outside of the story <laughs> mode for Telltale games. That's the only thing I, that exists in the Minecraft world for me. And no, I, I own Dungeons. I take that back. I bought Dungeons. Dungeons. I have it on several systems, but I've just never played a Minecraft. I've seen it played, I and think, it's confusing, and I don't know. I, I've got Dungeons. I think we, we talked about waiting to play Dungeons stream on different consoles. Yep. That's what we, we wanted we to do. Multiple, got to multiple systems. Yeah. Uh, Brant, do you have an experience with Minecraft? Uh, I do. Um, this is a game that I've played a, a fair amount of a uh, while so ago. Then you look at his time clock, 75 hours. I'm like, God damn, Brent, that's <laughs> not a fair amount. That's a lot amount. No. Cesar, <laughs> uh, so you misread that. That was 750 hours. There's a there's a, a zero there at the end. I tried around, but I fucked up. My Brent, mind. you played a shit ton of Minecraft. <laughs> Dear God, 750 hours. I think the last time I played was sometime early last year uh, with my with my son, uh, trying to play together with oh, him. Oh, yeah. Throw him under the train. <laughs> and <laughs> he forced me. I was forced like Sakurai. Look in his eyes. That was yeah. me. Keep bring him in the, you keep bringing him in the room. We're playing We're playing Minecraft. Get your ass in here. <laughs> no, but honestly, playing with him, I had to ask him so many things because I played it not too long after it, it, it had come out. Yep. And it was basic bare bones Minecraft. And they've they've added so much, done so much. I was like, what? what is this? What? You know what? What is this in the crafting menu? What's over? Like, ha- what is all this stuff? And he's having to explain all this to me. Um, it is interesting all of the uh, all of the work that they had to do. And Sakurai seems a little split on this decision. This is is something he said was solely Nintendo they came, came to him. him. Yeah. And uh, basically, he said that it was very kind of pompous of them. Basically, directly telling him, you can put Minecraft, you can put Steve in, in, in Smash, couldn't you? Just 
very flippantly, you know, just very <laughs> presumptive. And he's like, that's when he started looking. Sure. So, but they said they, it was five years in the making, I believe. Yes. This, this whole deal uh, has been going on for, for a very long time. But he, he Insane. said, he said that they had to work every single stage because the uh, Steve, Alex, all, all the new skins, different characters of, of, Steve will be able to mine uh, on all the different stages for different materials to change their weapons depending on what resources they find on the stage and they'll be able to build up blocks on the stage which is is interesting so they did put a lot of of, of work and a lot of thought into putting these characters in right uh, into smash uh, along with that they also have new me uh, costumes there's like a me fighter costume that's Bomberman. They put Travis Touchdown as a me sword fighter costume. So dashing any <laughs> hope that we actually get Travis Touchdown as, as, as an actual character. Yeah. How is Bomberman not a legit character? I don't know. That one kills me. Why is it? I don't understand the skin versus actual character thing. Like, I guess it's just easier to copy those moves and not flesh out the character and give them state. I get that part, but it's like, I mean, Bomberman. Uh, Bomberman yeah. is huge, not it's Minecraft fun. huge. Brand is right. I mean, they can sit there and fucking modify that game to put damn Minecraft characters in there. You can put pretty much anybody in there now. That, <laughs> yeah, this that's some bullshit. And now to it's been cubed up like that. To me, this wasn't. This has been one of those weird my uh, weird character releases because the last few character releases for smash have have been very mixed uh this one steve was was such a big get for for smash it actually broke twitter twitter went down for a little bit (laughs) uh yeah because i was not really keeping up with the announcements like as they come when i saw who the character was i was like all right i don't really get this lore i know it's huge for everybody else it's just not for me, but I was trying to do other stuff on Twitter, and it was broken yeah. completely. And and Steve, for me, I was like, really? They're adding Mike, Steve to to Smash? That's kind of weird. And he does not match the aesthetic, no matter what kind of... Because they've changed his look minimally uh, to, to fit into Smash, but he still he does not... He still looks like Minecraft Steve, and he right. he stands out among all these other characters. Did you see the image of the uh, like the whole artwork they do with every fighter in it, and it's got him in the front of it, like digging out of the yeah. hole or whatever you do in Minecraft? It's like, eh. but I get the Minecraft is huge. It's and it's, it's still massive. So it, it's such it a big was gift worldwide. for Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's such a big gift for Smash Brothers. Not everything has to be for us. That's what a lot of gamers have to realize. Like, this is not shit that's all catered to your preference and what you like 100% of the time. It's just not going to happen. Minecraft is a is a phenomenon. Uh, Was there aside, any more? Go ahead. Oh, aside from that, I, I think uh, I'm looking on here. I don't see it on here, but I believe they announced... A uh, few new amiibo coming. Uh, Terry Bogart, uh, Banjo, Banjo. Uh, the Banjo amiibo looks 
pretty nice. Actually, it does look really good. <laughs> I haven't bought an Amiibo in a very long time, but I, I yeah. might buy that Banjo Amiibo because it looks so damn good. And uh, Byleth from uh, Fire Emblem mm-hmm. is getting uh, their own Amiibo as well. We didn't put this in news, but did y'all see the combo skews that I think it's Target's doing? It's like Mario Kart and Mario Party for $100, I think. Mm. I did not that? see that. Yeah. I mean, I think I know we all have Mario Kart at this point, but it might be beneficial for some listeners. There's some combo skews. I think there's one other one. Cesar, have you seen another one? It's just Party and Kart for $100. And... Uh, it was like Odyssey and something else, right? I, I thought was. there was. It's like another Odyssey. Mario thing. Mar- yeah. Mario Tennis, I think. Mario Tennis and, Mar- and Odyssey. Aces and Odyssey. That sounds right for 100 bucks. So it's not bad if you need those two. Which, you know, I, I went on Twitter recently and there's like a whole. Everybody loves Aces now after all these. No, no, it's trash. <laughs> I, I, I hated that's that. That's what I thought too. But like, I'm li- I, li- I was in shock. I was sitting here in this thread for 15 minutes. Like, people were like, this is the greatest game ever made. I'm like, I'm sitting here like. I had to put the phone down, come back to it, and I was like, it's still, it's still there. <laughs> I, I haven't played the game, so I don't know. I can't comment on it. But everybody's like, yeah, this, don't sleep on this game. I'm sitting here looking. I, I don't, I don't, why is everybody loving this game? I'm going to have to try it out. See what I haven't played it in a while. The last time I played it, it was not fun. That was not a good Mario Tennis game. Hey, Renee's friend put uh, like 200 hours in there, so. I asked him, like, what, what is, is in that happen? game? He's like, dude, it's good. I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Hey, there's something for everybody, right? I, I'm, I don't know what thread I was in, man, but I had to walk away from that thing and come back. I was like, what's happening? All right, is that all the Smash news, Brent? Uh, I believe so. Brent, you've become like our Nintendo updater. <laughs> uh, and the next article is Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion. The Crown Tundra launches October 22nd. The story comes from The Verge. Brent, would you like to cover this one? <laughs> Let's do it. So this will be the second in the expansions for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, Like Richard said, uh, Crown Tundra is coming uh, October 22nd. Uh, Was this its own direct or what did I miss here? Yes, this this came in its own direct. So it will take place in a new snowy in-game location, introduces uh, new story content, new Galarian forms for certain Pokemon, uh, all as well as being able to capture, it says, every legendary Pokemon that has appeared in past games, hmm. as well as the opportunity to team up with trainers they've met previously. Uh, also starting, I guess, the day of the Direct, they announced that they will have several different special Pikachus uh, with decorative hats that players could obtain <laughs> with certain passwords. Uh, and they Pikachus released the decorative first... decorative hats. Yeah. Uh, that's that a thing from, me. like, Pokemon Go. That one got so, me. And they released the first, first password. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's that's really... That's really it. That's that's the whole whole story here. It just goes into saying that they, you know, had announced this back in 2019, and we got the first bit of DLC, and then finally now getting the getting the second bit. That first expansion was in June. It feels like it was like two years ago. I know. God. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was literally laughing. feels like forever ago. I was laughing because somebody online had clearly said that the 
uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield's finally gone out of beta since the full versions are coming out complete in November. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I was say, they were like, congratulations, early access is over, now we get the complete versions on disc. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that... It, I think it says it somewhere in here, that they actually have for sale... Uh, they're re-releasing both bundles. Sword and Shield uh, with full DLC bundles on the cart. Uh, so you pop the cart in, it's already got the DLC on there. It's it's not discounted, so like ninety both, bucks, I think. Yeah, both of those games are eighty nine ninety nine, I believe, retail. It says those will come out November sixth. They yes. uh, Nintendo's finally future proofing themselves and and making D list copies, D list proof, <laughs> D list proof copies of uh, games. Copies. Complete like, Pokemon. We we do D list the the expansion packs, but don't worry, we got the we got a copy for you. All right, I'm but, glad I waited though. Well, I mean, it's it's not out of the uh, the norm for for Game Freak because usually this is about the time they'd just go ahead and release a new Pokemon game, and they said that this the time they weren't going to do it. Yeah, so it was it was going to be DLC rather than a complete new version of the game. So they figure, hey, we usually release. A different version. Let's let's re-release it as a full bundle. They want to make that money. Get it in. Is that it for the Pokemon news? It is. I gotta swap headphones. Hold on. This uh, these are my most comfortable ones. Are killing me tonight for some reason. Huh. Your ears shrunken. <laughs> All right. Mic test. Mic test. You were heard. I'm muted, so I wouldn't be bumping the mic around. My ears are sensitive for some reason. Not a good recording night. I don't know. I wore a, I wore an on-ear headset today for probably seven hours, which I don't usually do. And I thought I'd give myself long enough of, of a break. And these are just earbuds, but for some reason, something on that. And these are my... I don't know. We could probably have a whole podcast on headphones. These are my JVC marshmallows. I love these. And they're oh, the yours. These are the ones with the mics. But I've hmm. I've had these headphones for it feels like years and years and years at this point. I love these. And Brent, you probably have a set of these. These are the AKGs that come with certain Samsung phones. I think so. Yeah. Try them out and see how they. They fit a little bit differently in the ear canal, so we'll see how that goes. If not, I'll just. I'll reach back there and put the cans on. They're back behind me, so that's my last-ditch effort. All right, is that our Pokemon update of the night? And we want to delve off into a headphone podcast. That's what we did. I was just standing by. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, Cesar, you want to take this one? This one is about uh, PS5. The first hands-on went to, what, Japanese YouTubers? And uh, after that, uh, there was a teardown released today, which... Which produced many memes that were entertaining. <laughs> it's from The Verge from Tom, War- Tom Warren. Uh, I don't think I... Yeah, I didn't read this article, but I've watched most of the YouTuber stuff that they posted yeah, online. I did as well, including uh, the Mystery Bolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even the VTubers were the animated ones as well, which is a thing over there, I guess. But uh, I don't get that. Should we start doing that? Is that, is that what people want? Would that get us above four viewers if we start... I, <laughs> If we have like animated <laughs> versions of ourselves, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was watching. Um, <laughs> that's confusing. 
I saw I saw one that was like a Japanese guy. He was a V VTuber, and instead of like it being some anime version of him, it was a dinosaur. He had like a damn raptor up there. Okay, talking. this is this. I'm okay with this. This is the avenue we should be exploring. This is what we should be looking at. Brent, now you have research for next week. Uh, I would like to be a stegosaurus. That was my original favorite dinosaur. Sorry, Cesar. I have no favorite dinosaurs. I almost fell asleep. But um, Cesar, unscrew <laughs> the bolt on the PS5 for us. So outside of that, they just went through and played uh, various games, which the uh, majority of them were Astro's Playroom, uh, which looks really good. Yeah. Um, it's like four to five hours, he said. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I mean, some of it was Godfall, some of it was uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Um, and there might have been a fourth game in there. I can't remember if there wasn't. That might have been all of them. I don't know. Looking at this thing right here. Uh, outside of this and that, they did confirm that the X, the cross button and the O button will be uh, switched over. <laughs> Circle button. <laughs> Throwing off uh, Japanese gamers and PS1 gamers who really love Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy so. <laughs> I forever uh, relinquish the fact that I own a Japanese uh, Vita because every time I try to confirm something on there, it's always the opposite. I'm like, <laughs> why did I cancel out? I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot this is a Japanese console. Uh, I don't know why it doesn't see the software and goes with it. Sometimes it doesn't, so it right. is what it is. Right. But um, yeah. Outside of that, I'm not even going to mention anything about it, some kind of screw because they already did the breakdown, so they addressed <laughs> that already. So uh, <laughs> they open up the mystery bolt. Yeah. Outside of that, they did show the size, and I think they they commented on it that it was pretty quiet in that controlled environment, and they confirmed it was a controlled environment. So that was big. I think uh, the coolest thing that I learned from this was the you're going to have a numbered light kind of underneath the the track bar or whatever, showing which player you are. So it'll mm -hmm. tell you out of the four which controller you're at, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool to see. Like, we've always seen it on the hardware side. Well, Xbox did it with the, the ring thing, right? But that was the 360. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and everybody went away from that. Well, Nintendo had the, the Wii remote with the four dots across the bottom, but, I mean, it's always cool when... Switch you, still has them. Switch does, too. You're right. It's always cool playing multiplayer that you can just pick up a controller and you know who it belongs to right off the rip. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing in the presentation. As well as the different colors that are that are on them because they show uh, different colors uh, lining that little trackpad of the controller. Blue, uh, red, green, and purple. And they said the uh, the reviewers, or the previewers, they said that light was a lot more subtle than the the DualShock 4, there's a lot of complaints about how bright that that would get. Yeah. And uh, I think a system update actually got rolled out specifically to address, like, trying to back that down when you're in a darker room. Because you would see the reflection of the that almost V-shaped light. You would see that reflection on your TV. And the uh, mention on your controller thing, the PS3 had them also. They had 1, 2, 3, 4. So. That's right, on the yep. top. It did. Yep. Yeah, that, that way it tell you controller number five, six, and seven, because I think you can do up to seven Bluetooth. I think that was what they were rocking at the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, outside of that, then we also had the breakdown this morning where they did a video and posted up on the PlayStation blog, and this one's from Polygon, uh, Samit Sakar, who breaks it down, uh, this video breakdown. Uh, so they had the, the, um, Masayoso Ito, uh, Executive Vice President of Sony Interactive Entertainment's Hardware Engineering and Operating Division, break down the video, and he took it apart, basically. Uh, it was able to easily snap off the cover up top uh, after the whole thing about how to change the stand and all the 
intricate season to do so and where to place it when you stand it uh, horizontally and vertically. <laughs> for Here's Xbox to UK to respond to, like, this is how you do it sideways for theirs, and they just flip theirs down. So, Okay, uh, so, Cesar, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, Xbox was quick to show that all you have to do with the Series X is flop it over on the side. Mm-hmm. They have been waiting since, like, 2013 to get their share the PS4 moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how you share the game. And they tried so hard, and I, I give them props for going for it. They just they went for it. They did it with how to turn the system uh, horizontal, and they did it with how to expand the storage, because as I'm sure you're about to go into, the PS5 storage expansion is a little more complicated than just plugging that $220 uh, memory card into the back of your Series X. Yeah, so they break it down, and they go into the size of the fan, which is 120 uh, millimeter fan which the bigger the fan the quieter it is um and that thing is fucking thick as hell too it's a uh, 4.72 inches i saw somebody uh, compare it to the stock ps4 when it was just like night and day yeah it's like twice the size i think it was 1.77 um outside of that they did show the there's a dust catcher which uh, makes it easier to run up any dust that is caught into the system to help keep it clean mm-hmm. uh, that would they say so you can place a vacuum cleaner in, in one of those locations and just vacuum out the dust uh, that. Outside of that, they, there's a huge ass heat sink, um, and the most important thing to me, <laughs> enormous, <laughs> it's massive, is the liquid metal uh, dye they got in there for the, the instead of doing fucking cheap ass thermal paste, which mm-hmm. causes consoles to die easily and quickly. That uh, that that liquid uh, metal is is top notch. Is yep. Three or four dollars a console and put those on there, but they yeah. last a lot longer and it's less likely to uh, cause permanent damage. So, and they said they spent several years just developing and tweaking everything for that liquid metal just to be right. Um, outside of that, they, as Richard mentioned before, uh, said that there's an SSD slot to add. Additional memory, which is located by the 4K Blu-ray drive, which also is encased in a sheet metal case and mounted with two mm. layers of insulators to reduce dry noise and vibration when the disc spins. Uh, again, I don't understand the difference. I, I see what you're saying where Microsoft came out and said something, but it's I, to me it's not any different when you have to change out the hard drive in the PS4 because you still have to go behind there, unscrew something, and take something out. So right, mm-hmm. you, you had to do an extra step, so... But it's still way more customizable than the systems that we grew up with, where even like, you know, loosening a screw on it voided your warranty because you were digging through a sticker and then that was it. You were done warranty wise. So we've come a long ways from those days. And it, this seems easily customizable and uh, upgradable. Yeah. Which is cool because uh, the thing I like about that is that I guess you don't have to replace the SSD that's already in there. So you just add on. So that is like awesome. The- not like the PS4 where you had to swap it out and then you have to reinstall the operating system and all that jazz. So right, I think and that's PS3 cool with the USB thumbstick where you. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Yep, absolutely. You got to download the update and hopefully they keep putting updates up there. They do. They're still updating PS3. Mm-hmm. Every time I fire it on, it's like you got an update. I'm like shit. Somebody's fucking <laughs> hacked something. What year is this? Yeah. Yeah. So outside of that. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what they broke down to, and I think they had a full, a full breakdown of what the console looks like, completely taken apart on the table. Uh, that was it, a cool shot. I like that. It is not as compartmentalized as the Xbox One, where everything's close together. 
Uh, it seems like the PS4 one's easy to open and get through and repair. Uh, it looks like a, one of those type of refurbished type uh, consoles. So if a part fails, they replace the part and then they ship everything else back out. So. Uh, and I think that was everything. I mean, it was a huge... That thing was a beast. It's a big-ass console. Yeah. And like Richard was saying, I mean, it, it. and a lot of people are pointing out that being able to just pop off those those side wings of the console uh, leads a lot of people to believe that it's going to be very easy for Sony to re, rebrand or recustomize this for special editions or maybe third party or other or Sony themselves might even sell other options to where you can customize the system to your liking. You mm-hmm. just snap off the, the pure white and smack on, you know, your Spider-Man theme or whatever you want, whatever you want and be super easy too. Cause it just seems like they just kind of slide and, and come right off. So. There was a there was some chatter on Twitter regarding the 360 faceplates, and I liked mm-hmm. changing my 360 faceplate. I have several of them still. I thought those were the really outfit. cool premise. Specifically, the outfit you still put the outfit on. Uh, the outfit I put on the outfit, and <laughs> I put on NCAA. Eleven. That be oh seven, I guess the one with Reggie Bush. Oh, before he got kicked out of school forever and, and banished. <laughs> before uh, or after uh, Pete Carroll bought his family a house on the campus. <laughs> and then they let him back in, what, like two years ago, I think, what it was? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that was a pretty cool teardown. I always like seeing the, the tech breakdowns and stuff like that. I know you guys do, too, so hopefully our audience gets something out of that. I like the uh, clean... Cleanability factor. Factor the was it I fix it gives it like a one to ten teardown rate ra- rating. Mm-hmm. They tell you how how easy it is to break down. Oh yeah. I yeah. What the PlayStation will get when they get their hands on one. It's gonna be a six because that fucking PS4 Pro panel the the top is still a bitch. So. <laughs> yeah right. When you helped me clean mine out, you just ripped it off. You were like, hey, just take this. I think yeah, mine my- came them off easier though. Yeah, whatever reason, I think I've gotten like three or four pros, and they're all bitches. They take off. Um, that was. Oh, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just gonna say that was one thing in the video that always just made me kind of like jump and cringe just a little bit every time he'd go and try to shimmy that plastic and then just pop right off. I'm like, oh, is it supposed to make that noise? Like that when you're taking apart a console or or taking apart anything, if if it makes that loud pop or snap, you're like, oh, what did I just break? It's never that easy. And then when you hear that, you're listening for the corresponding like, okay, something something fucking came off. Where is it going to like ping off of the wall? That's why I say give me the tiny screws that they put in the side. Then I'm like, that's that's easier for me. I just unscrew it and just keep track of the screws and it slides right off. That's it. Instead of ripping and tearing. Yeah. Yeah, so outside of that, we'll move on. Uh, the Verge, uh, they broke down the news that a Need for Speed Hot Pursuit is getting a remastered version and it's coming out next month. Um, I think we all knew this was coming, right? This was like one of those worst kept secrets. It's this not was, even the worst kept secret. It was like it's happening. Yeah, this was one of those leaks. Uh, this was, we covered this story a couple months back now. Yeah. And it was the, it was alongside the, uh, the Zelda Skyward Sword leak. 
Yeah, I think this was one of those ones yeah. that Jeff, Jeff Grubb was talking about because he's sitting there leaking out EA stuff. Like, when he wasn't leaking it out, he was just, like, saying, like, this thing may happen. You should really pay attention. So uh, this is the Hot Pursuit that I played on PS1? Exactly. And then we'll leave it at that next story. Uh, <laughs> or this is the Hot Pursuit that I played on PS2? Nope. Nope. Okay, keep going. Uh, this is the This is the second Hot Pursuit when Need for Speed was doing that weird recycle of subtitles so they did it with hot pursuit and they did it with most wanted i think it's like they just rebranded the game with a title that they had already had even in the same generation which which was extra weird uh it's coming out on pc ps4 xbox one on november 6th and then on switch on november 13th you get all the uh dlc with it uh, you get 1080p 30 frames per second on base PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And you get 1080p 60 frames per second on performance mode on PS4 Pro, Xbox One X, and Switch Pro. And 4K 30 frames per second fidelity mode on those consoles. Uh, not the Switch Pro, that was a joke. Another <laughs> worst kept secret that's going on. Uh, and on PC you can play in 4K at a maximum of 60 frames per second. And it's only forty bucks. Not bad. Twenty nine on Steam. And Origin. For uh, all two of you Origin users, still. And it's still ten dollars cheaper on Switch <laughs> than uh, fucking Burnout was. So. It this is. was this was interesting because uh, alongside of this story, I believe it was the. I want to say the Mexico eShop. Uh, it, it went up. And it, it's, you know, normally it's supposed to go up for pre-order. It went yeah. straight up for about, I think, a, a little over an hour. Oh, wow. You can download were, it? Oh, yeah. And which is, yeah. Which is interesting because it releases on everything else first and then comes to Switch later. But there were people talking about it uh, via some Reddit posts. Mm. People were like, nah, you're, you're full of shit. And then he started posting videos and pictures of him playing it in handheld mode and it it looked oh, wow. pretty yeah it looked pretty good look good yeah have y'all played this game i had i had given up on need for speed at this point and i think this is kind of considered the best the last good one you could say so do either one of y'all have experience with this one i do not yeah, I've, uh, uh, I've heard good things pursuits. though i love the i love the first two hot pursuits I've never played the the last gen Hot Pursuit. I think I probably threw the disc in the PS3 and downloaded it and probably fired it up for a little bit and this I don't remember playing it, so. Right. So it's not super memorable for us, but it's uh still cool that it's coming out this generation. EA continues their uh slow and steady remaster release. <laughs> I can't I think after the la- saying they weren't going to do it. I think the last Need for Speed that I actually played was uh the complete story based one. I don't think I it, it wasn't uh any of like the race race based ones. I know mine was Hot Pursuit Two on PS2. That was the last one that I dove into. And before that, it was Need for Speed Hot Pursuit on the PS1. My brother and I put hundreds of hours in that on one map. We loved one map and we would just race it over and over and over. The 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 thrill with the Hot Pursuit series for me and that, that's why I prefer those out of any of the other ones in the Need for Speed. 
pantheon or whatever the term is, corral, uh, stable, I guess, uh, is the the cop and like trying to run from the the police, you know, pull over and they start putting out. It's an ascending level of um, the you have the spike strip and then you have like on the PS1 when a Corvette would come after you. So if you knew the Corvette was coming after you, you knew you were in deep shit and. Uh, then a helicopter on like the PS2 one, and it just the way they would escalate, it was always so much fun. And that was before you know the thrill of uh, cops coming after you on GTA 3 and things like that. But it was always so much fun on this on that one level on PS1, just running from them and and watching them escalate their efforts and try to try to pull you over and 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 get you off the road. And you're still trying to race other cars at the same time, and it's just. Uh, if this one's anything like those, it's, it's going to be a solid title. I've been tempted to pop the PS3 one in just to see what this game is about. I don't think it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. Do y'all remember if the 360 one can be played on Xbox One? I don't remember. I've seen murmurs of it online that it was, but I, I can't confirm. I don't think they added that one because I think I would have seeked that one out. That seems like one that would come up that, so that the I would run, go after. The run was the one, the last uh, Need for Speed I played. And you liked it? It was good. I, just because uh, the story mode. I like the story mode. Let me see. Hot Pursuit backwards compatible. Thank you for reaching uh, out to us on forums. It looks like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit is not available to play yeah. backwards compatible on the Xbox One. It's pretty quick. Uh, there's a lot of people asking for it. Including uh, Lord Chonka 69 underscore 69 <laughs> <laughs> who asked one year ago is Need for Speed Hot Pursuit backwards compatible? Uh, the first response is, it's still like people don't know what Google is. <laughs> uh, the next one says, you need to keep this blog bookmarked. Maybe one day it might become. <laughs> uh, might have it. Might might have some issues getting the Need for Speed games in with in with the music tracks in some of them. Uh, I just googled it, and this post comes up. <laughs> <laughs> they deleted their comment, or they deleted their user. Uh, holy shit. Oh, he responded to somebody. He's like, oh, damn. Was in the mood to play. It's one of my faves. And then somebody attacked Phil Spencer <laughs> over just this <laughs> game on Twitter. It's pretty funny. Uh, classic. All right. So you have to play that on. That's that's good because it is technically stuck on last generation. So that is good. That's good that this highly revered. I mean, there's. Uh, dozens of people in this Reddit post looking for this game, so I'm glad that they're now a- able to stop attacking Phil Spencer and they're able to play a new $40 purchase on their Xbox One. All right, speaking of Xboxes and hot games, <laughs> <laughs> Brent, you want to wrap this one up for us, sir? Oh, I can try. So this comes from video game, uh, videogameschronicle.com. Uh goes over that a bunch of the people that got early hands-on with the Xbox Series X say that it is very quiet, but it actually runs very, very hot. Um, which, is anybody surprised with the the hardware and everything that's that's in these systems? It's, it's probably going to run hot. No. Um, and every, every piece of... Um media that they ever showed us about this console when they first showed it off you see those vents on the top and you just know mm-hmm. that the vents are like a volcano so it's this is a kind of a non-story story 
but it's 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 interesting to hear somebody with hands-on discussion from it. And uh, yeah, with with that much performance, that much power, it's it's got to generate something, and it's it's going to generate heat, obviously. Uh, but so there were certain people. There was there was one person that that said, and it had to be uh, translated. So I'm guessing it was uh, an overseas. Uh, person that had a the mm-hmm. hands-on with it said Series X is hot, like really hot. It doesn't make any noise, but damn, it's hot. The console is emitting heat like crazy. It's almost like a fireplace shaft. You can heat up your entire flat with it. Yep. So <laughs> flat. So yeah. That definitely. That definitely uh, geo codes this this comment. And then uh, friend of the show. Not not actually a friend of the show. Cesar and I are just big fans. Uh, Giant Bomb co-host Jeff Jeff Bacalar said his pre-release console was emitting a significant amount of heat even when in standby mode, mm-hmm. and even appeared to burn his hand on its storage expansion during a live stream. That uh that seems a bit much. Here's what's crazy: this was just plugged in in standby mode behind me, and you guys, the entire thing is a little toasty. He said, emphasizing that the console he'd been testing is pre-release hardware. It seems like in the way that a lot of the other consoles were doing stuff while you were not using them, it seems like this thing might be doing something while you're not using it to the point where it needs to exhaust heat. <laughs> oh, that's not good. And and most people have said that, that it is very quiet, but for some reason, even even just doing this right now, it's they're only playing backwards compatible games, and it's getting very, very hot. Because that's what the embargo was for, yeah. And they're playing old ass games. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see once we get Series X games. Does this thing get hotter? And also, uh, Richard, I'm sure with your years of experience in video game retail, uh, I've got some general <laughs> retail experience. Some customers aren't always necessary necessarily the most plugged in or in tune with what you should do with a console, how you right. should store a console. Uh, and there's probably going to be some, some people or uh, some parents that buy this for their kid. The kid just shoves it into a tiny little space or to, into their um, display or, or uh, entertainment center. And, it's not going to be well ventilated. It's going to get super hot. You might have a like like you were saying the the person that said they seemingly burnt themselves on the expansion. Mm. There there might be some some problems down the road if it is exactly that hot, and with the general consumer user error is a big part. Of, it will be of console release. Especially uh, it, with well, this big ass any, thing that like it is, just yeah, like the PS5. Any electronics, it's always m- yeah. most of the time it's all user user error that causes a lot of problems. So people want to shove stuff in those old eighty style uh, entertainment centers and put them behind glass and make them look pretty and all that, and uh, they output way more heat than a VCR does. And Ooh, this thing, yeah. especially like you were mentioning. There's been some funny images and things like that where people have made fire coming out of the top <laughs> vents on the Xbox, and it's been entertaining to look at. I wonder, uh, I wonder how this is going to be when when it comes out, and it is a demanding game like you're talking about, Brant. When something is really pushing it, how is it going to behave? 
you know, is is running off a disc going to be different than because I'm sure they're all slapping discs in there. Is this a disc exclusive mm-hmm. issue that's been popping up or, um, you know, if you get a digital copy of Master Chief Collection, is it going to is it going to run cooler and not <laughs> not burn people's hands? Um, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, people putting stuff in entertainment centers and not being quite in the know and things like that. We were visiting family in the Pacific Northwest a year and a half ago, and I see in my cousin's entertainment center, um, and it's tight, man. There's there's no room on either side. He has a launch PS3. He has a 60-gig <laughs> PS3 with no room on either side, and it's just flush, man. He's like, look at it. It fit perfectly, and I'm like, how do you cool it? <laughs> it has been his home media center. It has been his CD player for his sound system. It has been his Blu-ray player. It has been his DVD player. It has been his PlayStation 1 collection player. It has been his PS3 player for, what now, 14 years? And it has <laughs> no room to breathe on the sides or back. Maybe I'm thinking like how I had to baby my launch PS3 and how loud it still got even just be, it would just, I would have it on top. In the middle of the room, I would have it on top of the shelf with pure ventilation everywhere. And it would start screaming at me, and his was just a uh, whisper quiet, slammed up in this console like he had it. And I was just amazed. Like, I want to correct him, but hey, it got you this far. Keep going with it. So different stuff works for different people, maybe. And he he probably hasn't had any problems out of that thing. I had my None. PS3. None. I had my PS3 on an open air shelf, and it yellow lighted um, 30 minutes into Infamous 2. With the disc, yeah, with with the <laughs> disc still inside, so I had to oh, send no. it to Sony. With without, wasn't able to get the disc out, and uh, now it's it's in the exact situation you're describing. I have my entertainment center sitting right next to me. It is below the PS4, and it is it is in there. It is like <laughs> wall to wall. But anytime yeah. I play it, I take it out from there. It is literally just displayed right here. And if I want to play it, I'm taking it. I'm taking it out and I'm putting it like on the floor, a little elevated, and to where it can get enough air. And mm-hmm. I've even got one of those dumb little plug-in USB fans on it that probably is not doing anything, but you know, just for the extra airflow, whatever. It's still alive. Y'all remember the intercoolers? Cesar, did you ever sell any Nyko intercoolers? <laughs> I had I, one. I never recommend them because that's like blowing in dust. That's like killing your consoles. <laughs> yeah, I told that with people with uh started burning up. That was a big thing, and they they pushed us to sell them. And I was like, no, this is not a good thing. Why? Because we tested them. We broke we broke open one and hooked it up and tried it out. It's like this does not seem like a good idea. Uh, someone gave me an old. It's not the last model of 360, the E, I think, the one that looks like the Xbox One. It was the slim model, the 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 one that kind of went in at a point. They had a flat intercooler fan, like on the top of that, on that fan, you know, that was perfectly placed. Like, you never hear anything about those Xbox slim models. And somebody had bought this flat thing and, like, covered the fan for it to dissipate this heat. I'm like, no, what are you doing? I still have that thing. We need to break it out and... uh and check it out. It's like, what are you doing? And I, when I pulled it off, that thing is chock full of dust. I'm like, there's this thing can't breathe, and it's breathing for the machine. There's no way that thing is is getting the air supply it's supposed to get. Like that slim was really well engineered. After they, 
after they went through their Red Ring drama, Xbox has really figured out hardware. You don't you don't hear anything about Xbox hardware since then. All right, that's our uh, pre-tone cooling. So that's already got anything to add. No, those power PC chips at that time were pretty bad because those were filling another, like other devices as well, not just the right. 360s. They were filling an HP laptops here and there. It was just a bad batch. That's I think that's why they went away from the power PC when the next gen and went to AMD. They froze up on. Uh, I think they were playing Cameo or something that first year. They showed 360 games at E3 when they were playing on the power PC dev kits. Mm-hmm. There was something that infamously froze, and I was like. I remember the oh, blue speak- screen. They were giving yeah. a hard time because they blue screen on them, yeah. That's right. It's like, yep, that's a Windows product. Uh, Brand, did you ever get another copy of Infamous 2? I feel obligated to purchase and make sure that you have Infamous 2. In- no, <laughs> no. They get I, you. I still, I still have it. Um, okay. Yeah, they, 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 when they sent me the form or when I went online to fill out the form, uh, to, to send it in for for repair. Yeah. That was one of the things was to is there a game in the disk drive? Yeah, stipulate. Yeah. And the the thing that really made that that I had had upset me the most at the time was I tried to I went ahead and took out the hard drive because what I had done when I originally tried to get a PS3, I wanted the backwards compatible one. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find one. I tried Craigslist. I tried all this stuff. And I had a friend that lived up the road from me. And he had had one. And I think his one of his parents, I think his mother like worked at like Sam's Club or something at the time. And she could take stuff back and nice. get get the difference and, and things like yeah. that. He had he Wide had the original launch. Mm. And the difference between the one he had and the later, you know, second gen was like a hundred bucks difference. And I had already went ahead and bought the metal gear solid edition. And I told, I was like, if you're, if you're just going to get rid of it and take it back, don't, don't do that. I was like, if you want, I will trade you playstations. If you, I'll (laughs) even give you a hundred bucks. I'll give you the, I'll give you the difference. You would have gotten either way. Because I want that backwards compatible one, and the Metal Gear one was like software backwards compatible, right? It was the uh, no forty gig. It didn't do any backwards compatible. No, it it, all of them do PlayStation One, but I don't believe it did PS One. Yeah, I think that was the last one to do emulated PS2 games. I think it it, it was software. It didn't have the most software emulation. Yeah, but I think it was only like eighty percent of the PS2 games worked on there. It was like eighty-eight or eighty. It wasn't hundred percent. Right. Because it didn't uh, yeah. have the actual, like, the, those original ones had the Emotion engine on that PS3 board, along with the cell and all that stuff. But it still only had, like, the 60-gig hard drive in it. So I took it out. I tried tried messing with it, tried plugging it into the computer, mm-hmm. and couldn't ever get anything off. Uh, so I thought it would be a good, do- a good time to upgrade the hard drive. I got, like, a 500-gig um hard drive plug that in there let them do their thing and once i got it back they sent infamous in a uh a soft case oh uh, cool in there yeah and, and it, i booted it up everything was good to go i was like okay i'll uh i'll shove in the old drive or plug up the old drive see if i can transfer some data 
and I, I couldn't, no matter what I did. And if I took the, I was like, well, I, I guess I'm just stuck at 60 gigs. Take out the old hard drive, pop in the new hard, or pop in the old hard drive, mm. and uh, you. It, it was a weird time because if you stuck in a new hard drive, you turn on the system. It says a new hard drive has been inserted, must be formatted. So either way, I was going to lose all my save data, all my everything. So gotcha. I was I was a little little upset at that. I'm like Sony, what what is this? Why why would you do this? <laughs> Screwed either way. Yeah. Uh, Cesar, have you ever had a PS3 yellow light on you? No. I think I've got 10 PS3s. I got maybe two backwards compat old school ones and mm-hmm. uh, four slims, and then the rest are super slims. Super slims. I got a, I got a PS3 almost in every room in this house. So <laughs> <laughs> they're decked out. Yeah play tells game i'll just pop in the disc so you got to be ready in the tells bathroom machine. living room kitchen tells. you never know tails tells the symphonia always tails may arise uh i've never had one yellow light on me either friend of the show russell has and i was going to try to make a bit out of this like what game did you have to send back uh russell's was assassin's creed 3 is the one that was stuck in his ps3 when he sent it back uh so I've, that's I've, what that's what caused his to burn up I don't think I've ever had a knock on wood Sony console fill on me yet. I had a PS2 that stopped reading, and it wasn't PS1 discs. It stopped reading certain types of DVDs, but when I went to get rid of it, and I was being hired by the store that I was ditching it at, uh, it read whatever disc I needed to swap out. So I got rid of the fat one, and I think the PS2 Slims were new at that point, and nobody was snatching those up. When that first came out, that was one like one of the first things I noted because I had seen that Slim announced, and I was like, I want that. That looks awesome. They took that PS2 and shrunk it down to that? You can carry that around. That's when Russell and I were traveling a lot, and you know we'd have summers off, and uh, parents are divorced, so you're getting shipped back and forth, and it's like... Man, we could throw this in a bag. We can, we can have everything ready to go. We can keep playing. And we're playing a lot of PS1 games. We can keep playing Final Fantasy IX. It's no big deal. We can play Siphon Filter. And uh, it was so cool to have that shrunk down one. And they just had them, like, when they came out, they just had plenty of them. And I I can't think of recent hardware launches outside of maybe the Xbox One where there were consoles just sitting there. Like, they're, you know, they weren't flying off shelves like you would expect. Maybe the... The Genesis Mini. I see the Genesis Mini in every Walmart I go to, but that maybe that doesn't really count. Uh, is that it for news? I guess we we yeah. dug out our our system cooling story long enough. Uh, I guess I'll kick off games played. I've actually played something different. Y'all ready to hear something different? Gasp! Yeah. All right, we're gonna play the game. We're gonna guess. Do we guess which game you play? Uh, you'll know. I guess you'll know one of them. I tagged you in a bunch of them on Twitter. What was the other one? I played two games. You played Mario. That's the one you tagged us in, Mario 64. Oh, I know the other one. I think the other one's a secret. But y'all might have played the other one I played. And I'm going to guess uh, it's probably going to be Star Wars-related game. Damn it. It is. All right. Cesar, <laughs> Cesar hit the nail on the head. I forgot he's the PlayStation Network creeper. He's admitted to this beforehand. Uh, I did play Mario 64. I know you guys have, have gone through it. Uh, Brent, you gave up at 70 stars. I'm at 21, I think. You can drink. Um, well done. Yeah. 
Mario's ready. He's ready. You're done. You, just, you can quit playing. You I'm on cool, age. cool mountain. So he's him and the penguin are just throwing back shots. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't have to say the princess anymore. I can drink. We're good. <laughs> this game's been sitting around since uh, 1996. I don't have to do anything. Um, uh, Cesar, on your note, you had noted the controls. I went in. I was thinking that. I had it in the back of my mind. I was like, I'm just going to play Mario 64. I pulled off every jump. I pulled off every leap. Uh, you know, backflip, everything that I knew to do, like that muscle memory that just kicks in with Mario 64, I did it with no issue. So the controls for me, and I didn't even have to go in and look up the controls. As soon as you, we talk a lot about game design, like uh, the first Metroid, the first Mario teaching you go to the right. And then Metroid was like, nope, you got to go to the left. You got to get that ball that'll let you go underneath that. We, we talk about game design, like how it teaches you things. And Mario 64, I forgot how great that opening area is. You watch the little camera video, so you're like, okay, I'm in a 3D game. This is when 3D games weren't a big popular thing or or common. And then, you know, Mario comes out of the pipe. You get a little bit of story. And then you just have a playground. That whole area outside of the castle, it lets you jump. You can triple jump. You can fiddle around with the camera. You can dive in water. There's a, You can butt stomp. I mean, it, you can just... You can do whatever in that opening area. It's 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 like Super Mario World where you got the cape and then they gave you a room full of coins and you just fly and pick up as many coins as you want. So it's a to me it's another one of those good examples of game design. And I just picked it up and it was like I was playing 64. So I just took off. I I I did the long jump immediately. I did the butt slam. The buttons were just where I thought they were supposed to be. So oh, I didn't have that worked out well for me. I was pretty happy. I have any issues with the controls. Mine's was going on little tight pathways and then the camera getting stuck. And okay, then you just that walk still off. sucks. And that sucked in the original. So it is definitely true. <laughs> that's the what, camera that's has was, killed me multiple times. That's what I'm talking about. I okay, I was worried. No. You talked so much about Crash Bandicoot and how off that was. That was my fear. It was like, okay, I'm going to play this game like, and it doesn't I, feel right. Again, Crash Bandicoot doesn't compute, compute for me, so you yep. can't give me that as an example. So yep. It doesn't work. You but use it, that does, example, uh, but it, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah, it does super well. I'm still getting killed by the camera in the exact same ways I do. Uh, it, that is not a streamable game because I'm always adjusting the camera, so all you hear is like. Um, I tweeted a video. I've never uh, jumped off that. The what is that? Cool, cool mountain where you're trying to. It's before you race the penguin. You have to get down to the bottom of the thing. I have never been able to jump off of that that slide and land on the bottom and make it through. And I did it purely by accident. I was like, how did this happen? I just accidentally jumped and landed all the way on the bottom. Brandon, have you ever done that? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Okay. I didn't know. I've seen people do it, but I did it purely by accident. I jumped at the wrong time. I was just like, all right, I'm fucked. And then poof, I landed on the bottom. Thing. I was like, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I had already died two or three times. I can't do that slide part. Yeah, I cannot I make it. Do not now, like that slide. I, now that I have to race the penguin, I cannot do that. I tried doing the jump again. I was able to pull it off. And when you get to the bottom, he says you cheated. He's like, you took a shortcut. No yeah. shortcuts allowed. I was like, no. Now do you know? <laughs> How is this a thing? Yeah, that penguin's a bitch. I hate that penguin. I cannot make. There's one part where you know the whole time you're trying to gauge too fast, too slow, too fast, too slow. You're trying to gauge that perfect balance, and it cuts the track cuts to the right. I guess it's halfway through the stage, and I cannot. I can't make it. I either go flying off the outside, or I've gone too slow, and it 
dumps me off the inside of the track and I'm just like, all right, how do you, I don't even know what to do with this. So I haven't cleared Cool Cool Mountain. I cleared um, Babam Battlefield and I cleared Womp's Fortress. So I got all those. I need the 100 coins at Womp's Fortress. I didn't get those yet. The 100 coins on um, Babam Battlefield are a bitch. Is Somebody was talking about the cameras inverted or backwards. I cannot fly with that wing cap to save my life. Something is off with the wing cap. Like <laughs> when I take off with that and I try to circle back and go get those coins behind me, it's a total crapshoot. I'm just like, all right, point at the right direction and <laughs> fuck around with the <laughs> fuck around with the thumbstick and see if I can get like one or two. And then because I was stuck on 89 coins for about 20 minutes trying to get the rest of those hundred. And that's the first level. I don't like. I don't like the hundred coin thing, and outside of like the first three or four levels, I'm not keen on the red coin. They get to be in some bitch ass places. It's just not; they're not fun to get. I did get the red coins on the first Bowser. What is it, Bowser in the Dark World? I think. Mm-hmm. So I did get all eight red coins on that one. That was a fun challenge. That almost felt like Sunshine when you're fighting Sunshine and you're almost tired of that, and then you get one of the challenges without Flood, and you're like, all right, here we go. This is mm-hmm. some good Mario platforming. That felt that uh, just getting those red coin challenges and not having to deal with all the extra stuff uh, in that Bowser in the Dark World, that was that was a lot of fun because I had already beaten him, so I could just focus on the red coins. Um, that's a good-ass game. I actually queued up the... This is the first time I've played it, played it. I listened to the music. I went through the music selection. That's really cool to have that feature in there. We, I think we talked, uh, the consensus on the internet, you know, take that with a grain of salt, was that this was kind of a bare-bones package. But, you know, what we had decided was this is three gray games. They're playable on a modern platform. They're good versions of this game. You know, that's kind of what we're going for. But the soundtrack's on there, man. You can... It's a full music player. You can uh, queue up the music, and there's a, there's a mode for you to close out the screen so you don't have the screen staying on there the whole time. And I just listened to the Mario 64 soundtrack and let it play through there. So that was that's a pretty cool. And it's got the cover art of the CD where you select which soundtrack to listen to. I know we all love video game music, so that's like an extra bonus having on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not play Galaxy or Sunshine, so... I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm going to try to play through 64 and see where I get. It took me forever to get that damn rabbit. I always <laughs> seem, I never seemed to have issues with the rabbit before. He gave me fits, Yeah, man. Yeah, it what, took me a while. What is y'all's trick know. for tracking him down? Mips, I think his name is. Just Do y'all have a strategy? Try and quarter him and dive. That was yep. it. Or and dive or punch like you start punching. Or just watch the dodgeball movies, the five Ds, dodge, dip, <laughs> duck, and dive, and dodge again, or something like that. I can remember. That's what how you get the rabbit. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Five Ds for capturing the rabbit. Yeah, you got to follow dodgeball. The movie that came out five years after that game came out. So I don't even know how I got him. I was just running, and like when I would hear him doing that jumping thing, I would dive in the water, like how Mario does that head first dive. And at some point, I just came up with him, and I was like, all right, that's this took way too long, but sure. And then he just gives up. Like, when you get the star from him, he doesn't take off running. He's just, he's all sad, and you can pick him up, and he's just limp laying there. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to ask y'all, because I haven't looked anything up. Actually, two things. Where do you find Metal Mario? I was looking around in the castle, and I never could get to him, because I got to go back to Jolly Roger Bay to get the Metal Mario in the middle, the or the, the star in the middle, but you need Metal Mario to get down to the bottom. 
Metal Mario is in that really weird. Um, is it the room with the the puddle in the bottom, like the oil slick puddle? Yes. Because I thought that's where it was at, but I was looking around in that room and I couldn't find. Because you go outside the castle to get the thing, right? To get the power up. No, it's it's no, it's 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 in that it's in that like metallic-y puddle that's yeah like right there where you where you catch the rabbit. I can't remember the name of the dang stage, um, but there's it's the, like a door to the side or something. Oh uh, oh gosh, what's what's the the name of the Loch Ness monster that's down there? Oh, the, that's the first the dinosaur star in that one in yeah. the crazy crazy maze cave or something. Yeah. So you want to get up on top of his head when he's uh, right in front of that. Okay. One one area where there's I didn't get there yet. it's a, it's there, against I know there's a star down there. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's against the wall and there's a door and there's a little piece of land and then there's like a little tiny wire platform. It'll take you around if, to it. And if yeah, you'll have to you have to time it right and yeah. get get up there and jump over there and then that gives you the little area where you can unlock uh metal mario gotcha because i that's i jumped in the puddle so i started the level and that was the first thing like meet meet the monster in the middle or something like that is the name of the star yeah uh and then the other thing there's one i cannot get and i cannot figure this jump out and i did it over and over and there's a we talked about game design earlier there's a heart underneath this jump and they mean for you to screw up so that you can reheal and try it again and i've done it probably 10 times and i can't figure it out it's on cool, cool mountain. There's like these ramps that you go up and you go up one and you jump off the wall back over and then you go up another ramp and I cannot figure out how to get up on top of that next one. But there, when I miss that jump, there's a heart underneath there because Mario falls and takes damage, but then you just pick up the heart and then try it again. And I've done it probably 10 times and I cannot figure that one out. I can't remember the name of that star though that I'm going after or I might not even know where I'm at and I'm just wandering around down there. I'm trying but anyways. To- yeah fantastic game it's phenomenal i love that game i forgot how good it is and then every seems like every like five or six years i fire it up and this is just another excuse to fire it up Uh, i've talked about that forever the other game i played was star wars rogue squadrons (laughs) that's the name yeah it should be uh so it's a mix of is the star wars squadrons it's a mix of rogue squadron i feel like and more the simulation style because you definitely have a lot more ship controls to it outside of Stealing Cesar's phrase outside of just, you know, the normal throttle up, throttle down. You can change the way your shields go. You can uh, focus on laser attacks. You can go for speed, that kind of thing. Um, have either one of you guys played this yet? No. Yeah, I've only done the first mission completely. You played all the way the through the prologue. Yeah, where it opens up the game. Yep, that's what I did, too. So we've we've played the exact same amount. The story is pretty good, right, Cesar? Like, yeah. I was not expecting. So the Miss Dyer joint. Yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, it, it it's one sided. Like you kind of think it's going to be open based off the menu. Brand, I won't spoil it for you. Are you a Star Wars guy, Brand? Oh yeah. Oh, this game's awesome. <laughs> Play this fucking game. This is the best Star Wars game since. Well, last year gave us a good Star Wars game, but if you yeah. like the Rogue Squadron type flying ones. This is like even it leans more towards the sim side of that of mm-hmm. that Star Wars. And uh, I'm glad Tessar has it. I've beat the tutorial. 
Brand, if you get it for PlayStation, a uh, friend of the show, Russell, has also beaten the tutorial, so we can have we'll have a squadron Sweet. that we can take a go at it. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Because um, I was playing with Russell. I did five. I won't be five. <laughs> we need five. No, I won't be red five. I won't be any of that shit. Is that the one that blows up? Is that the red later. shirt? That's the red, red. shirt of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> he's always gonna blow up. So the story goes places I wasn't really expecting. It's it it took a turn. And was more entertaining than I thought a prologue mission should be. So I was invested from that from that standpoint. Um, they got the fake Vader voice. <laughs> you can always mm-hmm. always look back at the Indiana Jones games where it's like, okay, you got <laughs> you opened auditions for kind of like Harrison Ford, but not exactly Harrison Ford. So it's that, <laughs> it's that contrast. <laughs> It belongs in a museum. Yep, there you know. we go. Throwing Brant's in the game. He's in the game now. Can't be but, uh, uh, can't be as bad as uh was that sixty four version of Indiana Jones we played. Oh my god. <laughs> the Emperor's Tomb. Yeah, Love there we that. go. Man, I got nostalgia for that game. That that game had no business being on the N sixty four and it ran really well. <laughs> I, did it requ- it didn't require the expansion pack, but uh that was a damn good game for sixty four. Uh, where was I going with squadrons? It's uh, Cesar, did you get sick at all moving that ship around? Like when you were, if you suddenly had to bank or, well, banking wasn't bad. It was the, it was like trying to track where your next thing was. So Brant, you can track if you have somebody you either have to tail or if you have a ship you have to take out, you focus on them with R2 and that puts a, a, L- a L2. distance for you. Oh, L2. L2. Yeah. yeah. I, I even did the left finger on L2 and that puts a distance for you. So it'll tell you, you know, 300, 200, it'll tell you as you're, as you're getting closer or getting further away. And then you hit X to change between your targets. So if you focused on a tie fighter, you take that one out and you hit X, it'll move to another one, that kind of thing. Where was I going with this? But anyways, if, if another like objective or whatever pops up that you're trying to focus on, it could be the whole opposite direction. And I wasn't playing a VR. I could see this being amazing in VR, but I almost felt sick you know, like rolling back to that other Ooh. side, uh, the way you would, you'd have to pull back on the throttle because it is very, very simulation style. You have to pull back on the throttle so that you can turn around faster, or else it's just this like real slow arc that you have to turn around. Did y'all play Descent back in the day, like on PC or PS1? Mm-hmm. Oh, like way, way back in the day. Okay, I got that same feeling. So Descent, Brant would like put you in these caves, and you were, it was a full 360 shooter and you had these full views of like turning and it was just it was a 3d space for the sake of being a 3d space and and it was easy to tell that story and use those mechanics with a like a space fighter it was easy to get you know it was forward and look down and then you'd be looking at a wall and it would you know it was easy to get turned around and not quite know and i felt i felt that same feeling with squadrons of not knowing my orientation outside of having a blinking thing 300 clicks that way that I had mm-hmm. to all of a sudden, you know, and, uh, but it controlled really well. It plays beautifully. So that's how I was like watching a movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the music's good. Um, oh. like you said, like you said, L2, to, uh, the home in on your target. And then I think they, after that you press X to go into your next target and then you can just aim in your, uh, your ship at that general direction. Uh, Did I didn't. I didn't get any motion sickness whatsoever. So you didn't. I, and I was going crazy, like just to avoid fire in some parts of the <laughs> Damn. level. 
Yeah, yeah I died. There's one at the very end of that uh, first Get, prologue. You have to escape. The same thing for me. Yeah, I had to sit there and just do spins until I got there because I was like, I don't know what I was I did doing too. wrong. I was just trying to fly there and I got gunned like, down. What to the death. fuck? And I'm playing like, on right. pilot mode. I'm playing on the story mode, and it killed me like six times. I'm like, yeah. what am I doing wrong? But you have it forces you to like barrel dodge roll it. all the way. Yep. Yeah, I barrel rolled all the way over there like a dumbass, but I survived. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> So, Brent, there's no context behind it, but you have to get from point A to point B. And the way they spawn you out of the video that you just watched, like the cutscene, there's a Star Destroyer right behind you at point A. And it is just laying into you. If you are headed to point B, it's just like, it's just tearing your ass up as you're trying to get there. And then it does this crazy explosion. You see your hands flying, all this stuff. And I saw it like six times. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? (laughs) But you can't just fly. It's teaching you. I guess that's one of the game mechanics is teaching you you cannot just like turn on those burners even with the x-wing and go to that spot it's going to make you do like I, I just started doing like a pattern and and changing my pitch a little bit and and rolling around some yeah that I was for, that. for whatever reason they want you to half throttle it so they can give you more maneuverability and go through yeah. instead of doing the full throttle so and then i never changed like i'm thinking about it now i think i probably had like full uh, throttle ability instead of shields and then you can change lasers and then you can hit down on the down uh, arrow to like balance even, even everything back out rebalance like Cesar said it's it's good man it's surprisingly especially for 40 bucks and Walmart had it for 33 Brent if you want to get on that but uh <laughs> it, it seems surprisingly deep for something they they just wanted to get out there for that price point and without their usual microtransactions and everything, you can just and I can see them maybe adding some content onto the end of this one. Like this actually seems like a legit good service game. Like they've done it, and I haven't even played the multiplayer. Um, but that first prologue of the campaign was was very promising. It was very good, accessible, uh, fun, great story. Music was incredible. Sound effects were great. I wish uh, Cesar. I wish we had our 3D audio headsets for this one to to be able to soak all that Star Wars greatness in. You know they would do a good job with that one. Yep. So I agree. Yeah, that would be a nice one. All right, but I actually talked about two games that weren't Halo for the first time in probably since Brant's been on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Probably since like uh, three or four months, and actually legit sat down. And blocked everything out, and just and it's something I'm working on and trying to do more of, and and kind of have my space and my time, and just I enjoyed the hell out of both of those, man. Mario 64 is still. I may have to relook at reexamine my all-time greats list because that game's just so kick-ass, man. It's so full of character and just random stuff, and it was so deep for such an old, you know, it's an old game now. I, I played that when. Uh, my memories of it with you know wasn't big in game space. I think I had a, a Game Boy, and that's probably the, around the time my brother got a Game Boy Pocket. So we didn't have a home console. The kid above us in the apartment complex had a, a 64, and he had uh, Mario 64 <laughs> and Shadows of the Empire. And so you know I had grown up playing NES, and I don't think I'd ever. Uh, we had a cousin that had a Super Nintendo. But man, you see this controller, and you see this this game and these worlds that they're able to create, and Mario 64 still has that spark. It still has that magic. So, But I'm enjoying both of those games. Those are my games played. I'm very proud of my section. I feel like I've been dragging ass for several episodes, so I got my fill on that one. Uh, yeah. What have you guys been playing? Let's, let's go to you, Brant. Uh, before we go on, I just wanted to say, because I, I, I originally saw uh, Russell started in my – because there's in the PlayStation 4, the bottom right, it's like a play history of like all your friends. 
Uh-huh. And I saw Russell was like, oh, he fired up Rogue One and completed the prologue. And I was like, all right. And I saw you did, too. And I was like, oh, shit. And there goes Richard, too. I was like, you know, I actually have something to talk about. <laughs> so I, I saw it go down the list of people who playing stuff because I saw what uh, Brand's game he's going to talk about. I saw him fire that one up, too. Creeper. The so, PSN Creeper. I don't do it. It does it for me. I just look over left, and it's there. It does it for me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first, first off, uh, there was something I brought up last week. The uh, N64 controllers that I'd gotten that was a like a third-party controller. Live correction. And I couldn't remember the name of it. The The company is TTX. Uh, they, yeah, TTX. Uh, I gotta look this up. I haven't had any problems with, with any of their uh, Nintendo 64 controllers. I own three different ones. Uh, very, very good. Now... Uh, aside from fifteen dollars on eBay, yeah. Aside from my Animal Crossing bullshit, just logging in, <laughs> taking care of the pumpkins. Uh, <laughs> he owns the, it now, Cesar. You heard him. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, some bullshit now. <laughs> hey, I'm always I'm always on my bullshit. You know, I always call it out. So. Brent has it now. Brent's got his bullshit. <laughs> oh man, I love it. That's good stuff. Uh. I did pick up and get started in Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Watch row. So this game is hear about this one. Yeah, this game has been getting a lot of praise. Um and I'm I'm actually somewhat divided on this game. Wow. Because uh, I, I love Crash Bandicoot. I, Not what I was expecting. It was probably... It was my my first game for uh, the PlayStation 1. And it's it's been a favorite of mine for, for years and years. I fell off after Crash Bandicoot 3. I mean, I played a little bit of uh, Crash show. Team... Crash Teams Racing, but once Crash Bash, and I believe I owned the first one that came out on PlayStation 2. I believe it was Cortex Cortex's Wrath. Wrath of Cortex. The original Cortex. In Japan, that was was Crash Bandicoot 4. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I did own that, and I played... I played it a, a, a while, but I, I could tell that it, it just wasn't the same. And after that, I just I I really fell off. I never played Twin Sanity or uh, Crash of the Titans, any of those Crash yeah. games. Uh, so when we got Insane Trilogy, which I did jump into Insane Trilogy and, and play a little bit of Crash Bandicoot Warped just for some some contrast there and. I don't know. I might. I might 100% come around to Crash Four. Uh, there are some levels that I just I absolutely love, but there's some some other things that I just I don't feel like they belong. And it's it's mainly just it feels like they threw a lot into this game as far as new mechanics. There's there's new boxes that uh, like. They have like these little vents on each side, and they they shoot fire out um, kind of sporadically. So you'll see them 
What's their uh, purpose? Just to trap you? They don't look like regular box. They no, look like regular boxes. They, they, close eventually, or? the fire goes back in. You get a time yeah. to break the box, or you can yeah. get an enemy into the box and break it. It looks like a regular crate, oh. but it's got it's these little crate. circles. Yeah. yeah, these little circle vents on the side, and then they light up red, and then they shoot fire, and then it goes down, and okay. they'll light up red and shoot. Fire. So, but it's there's those. There's rail grinding. There's uh, wall running. Uh, on top of wall running, yeah. So How does that work? <laughs> there's there's certain uh, walls where they I'm just have arrows. That me back. <laughs> there's certain walls that just have arrows on them, and you can uh, jump. You wall run, and you have to jump to the other because as you get to the end of that wall running area, Crash or Coco, whoever you're playing as, will start to yeah. slip, and you have to make sure you time everything right. Uh, to to jump to the next area. I could see that being a crash mechanic, though. It that, seems like something from Jack, which was an evolution of yeah. That and, and, uh, the, and some of those fucking masks where like those platforms are disappearing, and you have to sit there and go back and forth, and you have to jump on the box and reappear, and then jump on the platform and ju- reappear and jump back on the box, and it's a lot of some bullshit stuff in there. Yeah, the the biggest thing is, I mean, n- none of these concepts are are new, and I wouldn't say that they're necessarily bad. Uh, the the camera angles as you're going through some of the the rail grind areas are are a little odd and sometimes can mess you up because not only are you rail grinding you're having to hang down uh, like jump down to where you're hanging as you're as you're rail grinding or you're having to lean this way or lean that way while you're while you're rail grinding to to get all the boxes and collectibles. Um, the the mass there's uh let's see i've done i believe four three or four boss battles already uh so i'm not i'm not super super far in the game i think i only have a couple more boss battles to go though but um i don't remember where i was going with that you almost beat it Oh no no! Oh, I was about to say. He sounds like he's about halfway or a little bit over. Yeah, halfway. I'm I'm a little bit over halfway, so I I still got some more to do. But uh, the uh, one nice thing is that they they have two different modes to where you can either choose a modern or a retro mode while you're going with this. Um, and I remember where I was going now. Uh, but your retro mode is going to be your standard. Uh. How you're normally used to with Crash Bandicoot, you enter the levels, you build up your lives, uh, you keep a set amount of lives. If you lose them, you you know you're gonna restart that that level over. The modern mode is more more they, they, of you they jump in. They death. They tax yeah. death basically. It's like you, they keep track of how many times you die, and you, you don't get your completion if you die too many times for that level. Yeah. Sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to interrupt that. Uh, no, you're good. But the, yeah, the modern mode is you just enter a level, you can die as many times as you want. You're not you gonna start off with a checkpoint. Get a, yeah, you're not you, you're not gonna get a game over screen, basically. Um, it's my cup of tea. But I've I've run into three of the no, I've gotten all four of the quantum mass. So there's the one that revolves around phasing in and out of different dimensions. There's the one that uh, you do this Tasmanian devil spin uh, across things. 
There's the one that controls uh, the slowing of time and the one that controls uh, gravity. Uh, each one is in their own right. Uh, they're good, but it's when you combine some of those where you're trying to get the the mechanics down, where you're trying to you know change from inverted back to, to, to regular, and then you're having to rail grind or you're rail grinding and you're having to phase in and out while you're trying to jump and everything where it becomes somewhat, it can become a little frustrating. And that brings me to difficulty. This game, they, they said toys for Bob said that they wanted to keep the crash kind of, they wanted to stay true to, to, to difficulty and that right. it was a challenge. Uh, but it seems like they went from wanting to give people a challenge to sometimes just being frustrating. Mm. Uh, there, there's Not sometimes, fun. yeah, there's sometimes where it just gets to the point where I, I get to the end of the level. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore rather than I feel accomplished. <laughs> uh, right. and, and there's so many, there's so many Fuck little that. things. I'm glad that's over with. Yeah. There's so many little things that are, um, where you have to be so precise uh, and not that you didn't have to be extremely precise in, in other crash games, but there's still other, other times where almost like insane trilogy where not where, you know, I've made this jump for the past 20 years. I, I know I can make this jump, but it's areas where you're jumping and you're like, I'm pretty sure I landed that platform, yeah. but you wind up falling off and, it's like, did did I make it? Did I not make it? And you go back and you swear you did the exact same thing, jumped in the exact same place, and make it the next time. So, it, it it's a little odd. Uh, and like I said, there's there's definitely some I've played that I'm like, man, this is this is exactly the essence of Crash. This this definitely yeah. hits the mark straight on. Like they figured um, it out. Oh yeah, and there's other things that I'm just like, man, this is bullshit. Um, the first level you, you wake up back on insanity beach, but it's, uh, it's, it's a little updated. There's like crash has got a couch and a TV and a radio and a fridge and all this other stuff on the, on the beach. And there's all these little things like you can, you can spin on the TV, turn the TV on and it says crash. It looks like the original title screen for crash bandicoot. There's a little, uh, you hit that TV, I think, four times. It goes through the Insane Trilogy, and it gives you a, a trophy for Channel Surfer. Oh, nice. That's pretty There's cool. There's the radio in front of it. it. You spin it, it'll play different uh, tracks uh, from Crash Bandicoot, so it'll play different different music. Uh, all games should uh, have a music mode. All games should have a music <laughs> mode. I love and it. There's, there's even a little uh, pull floaty that's like floating right there on the beach. That's Spyro. This is just a little nod to, you know, since they did the reignited trilogy and, and there, cool. there's all sorts of things. And like I said, I might, I might come back around to it because it could be that I'm like, man, why, why is this so difficult and everything? And, and going back and playing, uh, cause I said, I, I, I went back to insane trilogy and I, I just booted up, uh, crash bandicoot three just to, just to kind of play through it and, and see, and I don't know if it's because I've played those games so much, and maybe I just don't feel like they're as difficult. 
but I know for a fact, you know, no matter how many times I play Crash Bandicoot One, I'm, I'm like, man, there's some there's some bullshit in Crash Bandicoot One. The original Crash Bandicoot is hard, and there's time there's times that I feel that Crash Bandicoot Four is even harder in some areas than than Crash Bandicoot One because there was have difficulty modes. That that's there... it. It's it's either re- it's either retro or oh, modern. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the two ways to change it. And I started out on retro, and eventually I just switched to modern because there was some there was some level that just kept kicking my ass. I'm like, you know what? It's I'm just gonna just gonna go to the to the modern mode because I wanted to talk about it anyway, talk about the differences and everything. Mm-hmm. But also, I was just I was getting frustrated. I was like, it's it's getting to the point where it's it's bullshit, and I I, I needed to take a break. I needed to switch it up, you know change how I, how I did it because it was it was it was not becoming fun for a little bit but uh, I'm back into it right before or as we were starting the podcast I was I was playing it uh, I am having fun uh, it's just sounds like it <laughs> and, I, and I know it sounds like I'm really ragging on the game but I'm I, I yeah. honestly we are a crash fan this is yeah yeah this, uh, this is the type um viewpoint we want on a, on a game like this because this is supposed to, they're marketing this as crash 4 like this is the next one and that's the thing is is everything i've sent, uh, seen everything i've uh read uh, people that love crash they're like you know this is this is great this is great so i had so such high expectations and it's meeting some of those and others i'm like it's some of it's it's too much or okay uh, there was right. there was one area that you know, I'm rail grinding, and then I'm going to this other area, and I'm getting shot out of a cannon and spinning. I'm like, is this Crash or is this Sonic? <laughs> like, <laughs> so. But oh, honestly, you took, next, you took my next joke. Is this more Super Mario Brothers Four, which was Super Mario World, or is this Sonic the Hedgehog Four, which was that crazy oh. ass bastard episodic spinoff? And I almost said Halo Four because I consider <laughs> that to be a weird uh, hard left. No, uh, I, I, I would say that, you know, th- this game is definitely worth worth playing uh, to anybody that that likes Crash Bandicoot or even if you're just getting back into the into the uh, Crash games. It's it's a decent starting point. It is mm-hmm. like I said, it's it's not for the faint of heart because it is pretty difficult. Um, one more thing I want to talk about that was kind of odd is the different playable characters. Um, it does break things up and, and kind of gets, you know, gets you some kind of like fresh approach, but to change up something when you're playing as either Crash or Coco, which have a very defined move set, which play the exact same to go to a Neocortex, a Tana or a Dingo Dial. It's very different. It kind of messes up your muscle memory because each one of those characters has their own moveset, has their own abilities. Are you uh, choosing these new characters or the game forces you into levels with them? When you come up to certain levels, they're introduced and you are okay. forced to play through that level. The I see what there, you mean. There are multiple um, levels that pop up after you are introduced to the character and you can go back and do those 
um, new specific levels that kind of pop up on the side as those characters. So you don't necessarily have to if you don't want to. Gotcha. If you absolutely love playing as the character, yeah, you can go and do those. But if you're like, man, I didn't, I didn't like that. That was that was kind of weird. Um, it sounds good, man. It sounds like... <laughs> but I haven't played through that insane trilogy, but I'm just like, oh, man, more Crash Bandicoot and the, the good ones. <laughs> so... So let's let's take Neocortex. He has a ray gun that can change enemies into either solid blocks or like these jelly blocks that he can bounce off of, but he can't double jump. So his stuff becomes a little bit more almost like puzzle esque. So you're having to figure things out a little differently. You're using those blocks as that as that crutch for not mm-hmm. having the double jump. And he can he can <laughs> dash as well. That is that is his other abilities. He he does this kind of long dash. Do they make you play as him afterwards? Okay, there's the levels to introduce them, but then do you ever have to do that again? If you're just like, the blocks suck, the dash sucks, I don't want to play that, I want to play as Crash, will it let you do that? I mean, if, you, if you're trying to 100% the game, no. I mean, you're, you're going to have to go to those specific Neo Cortex levels or Tana levels or Dingo Dial levels and play as those characters if you if you want the trophies and everything. Gotcha. But honestly, if you're just trying to get through the to the through the game, you don't after playing the initial setup, you don't have to go back, uh, gotcha. at least so far. It's what I've experienced. Um, it almost ta- makes that transition sound like uh, Skylanders. Remember, you'd go past a door <laughs> and you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have like a forest character or whatever required. And you're like. No, back to Toys R Us. You got to get the, the yeah. leaf character so you can open the door. <laughs> uh, Tana, she can she can still uh, do the the double jump. She can still, or she does like a a, a spin kick, and then she has like a grapple hook. Um, and Dingo Dial, Master Chief. <laughs> like like new Master Chief. Uh, Dingo Dial, his gun now doesn't blow fire it's like a i would say it's almost like a a leaf blower almost or he can put it in reverse and and suck crates up into it to where he can like suck up a big tnt crate and and then throw it uh to get across gaps uh he basically jumps and then uses the the big gun to hover across gaps uh and then he can spin as well the the main thing is in Crash 3, we got, like, a bazooka. And when you pulled out the bazooka, you could aim it. There was a reticle. With all three of these characters, I mean, you're not able... There's no reticle. There's no way to, like, actually specifically aim the grapple hook, the um, little blowgun, uh, or Neocortex's gun. You, I mean, you're... You're just uh, randomly firing? Yeah, you're just you're just trying to, to put it in the general direction and fire. So sometimes... It gets a little odd. I mean, with Tana, if you're near something that can grapple, the uh, prompt for it will will pop up over the box or the sometimes the enemy. Uh, but you you again, you're if you're jumping across something or flying across something, you have to be very quick uh, to, to to be able to press it. And sometimes you're you you're in a spot where you can stand and grapple it, but again, you've got to angle her just right to where it'll pop up and so it would be nice just to have a have a reticle um but again i just want to iterate i'm not really like trying to rag on the game i'm not trying to say it's it's trash or anything um 
it's but a decent trash. game. <laughs> I'm not trying to say it's trash. I thought the game was trash. Crash. Uh, crash. No. Trash Bandicoot. <laughs> crash. No, it's it, it's a it's a good game. The um, the dialogue's fun. The the story uh, so far is fun, and it's it's a little different. It might take a little bit to get used to, just because, like I've said. I played all the other ones for for several years, and this is just new. So, but I am I'm enjoying it, and hopefully by next week I'll have it beat. Cool. Says hard you. I heard you chime in a couple of times. Did you play any of this one? Uh, not as much as he did, but yeah. I, I think I just got up to the first world. Towards what are the your end thoughts of it. on it? I don't play that much of Crash. So I, can't. <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. It's a good yeah. game. There's nothing. I mean, I'm more of a croc guy. We already had that conversation. So <laughs> the Gobos. We already discussed the Gobos. We need the we need the crossover. Do yeah, there's, not, there's nothing to add in there outside of. Uh, I do find the retro levels uh, interesting. Uh, outside of it's just you bouncing on boxes. Yeah, that's all it is, and trying not to die. I have like not crash. tested. Yeah, I have not tested the inverted mode. I need to go back and do some of that. Hello? What else have you played, Cesar? Oh, oh there we go. <laughs> uh, outside of that, um, not much this week. I think uh, I did play Crash. I did, did the Star Wars. We already talked about that. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars. Uh, I played more. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> I played that there. Star Wars. <laughs> I played uh, more than 13 Sentinels, but I can't really talk about it because that's the whole point of the game. Um, outside of fuck that cat, that's all I can say. You, you play the game, you know what I'm talking about. So he, he's a piece of shit. You still um, love that game? I knew you were pretty, high on it last week. It's pretty fucking good, man. It's still confusing because their timelines are all convoluted and it's all over the fucking place. They, they discover a way to go through different time periods and there's like 85 different love triangles because they were in love with different people with different time periods and then they're in 1995 and they're falling in love with different other people and it's like throwing everybody else off. It's crazy as hell. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, I, I completed the first uh, tower defense uh, battle area and I think I locked it up and it said I have to do more of the visual novel aspects to unlock the second part of the battlefield. So it does lock you in there. You can't just bounce around in three different modes. So, at some point, it will throw up barriers. It's like, you need to do more of this mode before you can access more of it. So it tries to balance it out. Uh, but the story is starting to make a lot more sense uh, as you go through it. It's convoluted and it's all over the place, but it, it works. It's interesting and keeps you engrossed and pulls through. And so it's not one of the terribly difficult visual novels I played where you, you're going down certain paths and you go down like the, the rabbit hole and you have to like do a save and go way back, like four or five hours back and then start and choose a different story point and figure that right. part out um outside of that the only other thing uh, i've been playing out of those three uh uh playing some konosuba on uh, ps4 um I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna throw it in the chat this is the full name nobody else is gonna be able to see it but you guys but that's what it's called on ps4 it's the full <laughs> okay fucking this name. checks out sure um, i'll put that in the show notes that'll be one of our hashtags it is that's the uh, title right there it's a visual novel game based off the anime that i love so dearly um from what I can gather in there, it seems like at some point in the anime, uh, a bit. <laughs> uh, Kazuma, he, uh, he, he dies in the real world and travels to this other world. And, um, he, at some point gets this crazy idea that he's going to sell the intellectual properties of the, the world he came from to that world since they don't have it there. So it's like, uh, I would is, try to do, I would try to do the same. 
So he made a deal where he's trying to get like $300 million for whatever that world is. And so the whole point of this game is that it's a visual novel and there's some story bits in there, but you have to go around and perform tasks to get items to create these items so he can sell. I think I got like two or three hours into it. It's pretty good. Cool. Uh, outside of that, I played a uh, another indie game called Inertial Drift. Um, you know, it was released by P-Cube. I got it on PS4. Uh, probably put a couple of hours into it. It is a, like it says, it sounds like Initial D. It is called Inertial Drift. It is a drifting racing game. Um, I love my racing games. And this one is like a cell shaded anime-esque type one. It's made by a UK, uh, UK indie developer. Um, and it, the whole point of the game is just drifting. So you're using the L2 and R2 as a break in gas. And then you're using the analog sets completely to do different types of drifts. And you have to do different levels of uh, braking. And it's just, it's, it works. It works well. It's interesting, and it's kept me engrossed on there. Um, I, like I said, I haven't played much on it. Like, there's a story mode, and there's like an arcade mode, there's a time race mode. It's pretty lengthy and deep for a indie indie game. Um, I, I've been going through the story mode, and it's uh, each car has a different feel for each character, and it's different. So like, some of them can are smaller, and they can go around curves pretty easily, and some of them you have to hit the brakes and kind of just guide along. So each one controls differently. Watch out for curves. What's the name uh, of that one? Inertial? Uh, inertial drift. Inertial drift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I played this week, and to I guess go with the Halloween s type stuff, <laughs> stuff is uh, those who remain. Um, it's an Unreal Engine game. Uh, sim- it's similar to like a, it's I would say it's more along the lines of like a walking simulator. Uh, you don't really do much into battle. I think uh, I've heard of this one. Yeah, you you start off a game where he. I guess his this main character, his marriage falls apart, and he has a mistress, and the mistress calls him out again, and, and like, hey, meet me at this hotel, and he's like, I'm going to break it off and, and and be done with this, and then he drives up there, and she's not there, and then you get these little messages like, hey, stay in the light, don't go in the dark, and then you see like these uh, oh, God. like shadowless people with eyes, glowing eyes that are in the dark, so you have to like guide and go to different light lamp posts and turn on the lights in different rooms, because they're staring at you in a room, you flip the light switch, they just randomly disappear. And so you go into different areas where you um, you have to like solve different puzzles, and they take you to, like different weird dimensions. It's like he's going on this weird mind trip. Um, it doesn't really explain much yet. I'm only about halfway through it. But like the, you'll go to an area like a gas station where there's vines growing over a car, and you have to use the lights on the car to light your way behind the gas station. You go through this door, and it sends you to another dimension where you can you have to get the can of like pesticide and kill the vines and then open up the door in that dimension, turn on the lights and they go back over and then it lets you proceed in the game. So there's some aspects of that game on there. looks beautiful. Uh, You're playing this on PS4. Yeah. I uh, think it's on Xbox and PC if I'm not mistaken uh, as well. Um, So outside of that, I think I've gotten to the point where it's giving me a lighter and I have to walk through like corn maze and like my lighter keeps going out and they're fucking me up. Like those things, they're lighting me up and I'm like, I'm going to figure this out later. So, I mean, I, I probably put a couple of hours into it. It's not that bad. But, uh, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's got that uh, Halloween-esque feel. So, I decided to go ahead and pick it up. I think it's only like 20 bucks. I think $20 physical or I don't know how much it is digital. It might be a little bit cheaper digital. I could be wrong. Those who remain. Mm-hmm. Or those whoremain.com. That works, too. <laughs> or main. Main horse. Uh, <laughs> Damn, that sounds good. I always talk about playing a, a scary game in October, and it always just passes me by. I bought Medieval last year for this exact moment. Yeah. Which so is coming you, to PlayStation now? It is. 
along with a couple other big games, if I remember right. Days Gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> Days Gone is on there, yeah. Yep. Yeah, outside of that, that's everything I played this week. Um, I'm bullshitting on a couple other things here and there, but nothing much to talk about. So. Yeah. All right, we're closing in on two hours again. So y'all got anything else you want to throw in there? It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good variety of games played. We're showing our, we're showing our depth for once. I know I've been lacking here recently, but I mean, I got some new things. Yeah, the only other one I played is I played some uh, Oni Chan Bra Origin, but that's just the 360 version uh, ported to PS4. So that's the I think it was a Wii one of those, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. I think it was like a 360 and a Wii game. I don't, I don't think it ever came out on PS3. Like Bikini Samurai Chicos mm-hmm. or something. She's out there looking for her sister. So I think it's just a it's a port of the 361. That's all it is. So so it's a, it. again, that's good. It's not stuck there. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Nothing much uh, outside of that. I guess we'll wrap up. Anybody got anything else to add, Brant? Any big proclamations? No, sir. All right. uh, You can find us on not Amazon Music Podcast yet. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm gonna have to look at that form again. So sorry we did that. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Bezos. Bezos Music. Bezos. 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 We did that three weeks ago, I think, and that's not gone through yet. So I may try to take some time this weekend and check that out and see. It's uh, uh, just at Bezios on Twitter, but like, what the fuck, man? Hey, 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 <laughs> uh, Brant, we need to get back to Donkey Konging. Now yes. that the second one is out as well. Yes. Uh, I think that's all I got. Um, Brent's doing a great job with Instagram. Thank you, sir, for keeping up with that and announcing when we're going live, etc. This episode should go up tomorrow. I've been doing Fridays, sometimes Saturday here recently, so uh, you may have a weekend treat in store for you. I don't know. Never know what's going to happen. All right. Uh, I think that's it for all of us. Listen on podcasts. Leave us five-star reviews on iTunes. We're on YouTube, uh, Twitch every Wednesday night, live recording the podcast. You can join us, ask questions, make crazy comments, wear clothes. I think that's the big thing. <laughs> Always wear clothes. clothes. Always. This is not an optional thing. Totals ropas. Uh, but I think that's it for us this week. Uh, thank you for joining us this week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Adios. See you. We just pause for that. We're ready. I don't give a fuck. Oh, it Skype every time it jumps out <laughs> to 15 seconds, and then now you're panicking and OBS. You're just like, <laughs> y'all watch the stream. So I was just gonna freak out. I'm over here just like back and forth. Fuck. There he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just going off back and forth. Oh, like what is even happening? It's taking over. It's because I got the ghost in the background behind the door. It's coming in to murder me. Blue. I don't know what does that. Like I can't, I can't change that scaling. All I can do is like manually move you back, and then you're going to be super tiny again. So I don't know. I look, I look normal. I'm looking at myself, looking at myself. Okay, watch. You're going to freak out, and then I have to zoom you back out. Just only cover half your head. I think I'm okay. Yeah, I'm just an OBS manager over here. <laughs>